you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. With the first pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trayvon Walker. The Detroit Lions select Aiden Hutchinson. I'm happy I get to go back to Detroit, go back to Motor City. The Houston Texans select Derek Stingley Jr. The New York Jets select Sauce Gardner. I mean, the, J- the Jets fans know, man. They know about the sauce, man. You can't have too much sauce. The New York football giant select Kayvon Thibodeau. He is dancing on stage. What a night in Las Vegas, and we're just getting started. Welcome to Good Morning Football. Round one of the 2022 NFL Draft is in the books. We've got all the action, the fallout, what it means, the picks, who won, who lost, the trades. You can see all that coming. And we welcome you into our breakfast table right here in New York City. Our show, a four-hour-long show, presented to you by Ram Trucks. I'm Kay Adams, welcoming you and thanking all of our uh, viewers for watching here on NFL Network and ESPN2 viewers getting a little sneak peek, a little look into what we do each and every morning mm-hmm. right here in New York. Kyle Brandt is here, hey. former Pro Bowl quarterback. Matt Castle, who was doing laps around the studio. I was fired morning. up this morning, just, you know, trying to get myself, get the energy going. Good, good vibes. vibes good vibes. You were trying to pick which one, which moment in the first round of the draft was your favorite. I hope you figured it out because we're breaking it down I've got all it. show long, a special four-hour show. Peter Schrager probably didn't sleep at all, but he's coming to us live from Las Vegas this morning. It's time for the lead block. Lead block. Let's do it. Wild start to the 2022 NFL Draft presented by Verizon. If we look at how the top 10 played out, this isn't a mock draft. This is the real thing. It's how it shook out. Defense. All defense in the top five. Panthers pass on a quarterback. They run on wide receivers after that. That started at eight with the Falcons. We'll break all of round one down. But it wasn't just the picks. There were some big-time trades as well. And that's where Peter Schrager comes in with Tom Pelissero. Gentlemen, two big ones went down last night. Give us all the details and what would you think, Peter? This was a top 10 that was defense, 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 and a couple wide receivers, and then we got trade happy. I'm with Tom Pelissero, NFL Network Insider, in a bit of a windstorm here out in Vegas because it is just starting to be 4 a.m., and this is what we're dealing with, and it was storms of ruin when it came to trades. I like the segue. I want to know what happened. Howie Roseman getting aggressive, finding a way for A.J. Brown to end up on the Eagles. Tom, take us through it yesterday. I was going to say trade winds blow up. I, I like yours, too. They were both right there for the taking. Listen, this has been one of the themes of the entire offseason has been the shifting wide receiver market and the value on these players. So what do we see last night? Well, there's two things. Six wide receivers taken in the first 18 picks. Never been six receivers in the top 20 in the common draft era. And then the two trades. Hollywood Brown from the Ravens to the Cardinals. A deal that had been done for so long that Brown was already in Arizona to show up to the draft party. Reunited with Kyler Murray. It's not a big-time contract extension, but maybe a little down payment, a little... Okay, let's just try to work together on this thing type of a gift. 
and then A.J. Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles. That one sounds like it ramped up a little bit more quickly. GM John Robinson of Tennessee said after the draft, they just got to the point where it was going to be hard for them to get the deal done. It sounds a lot like Devontae Adams. Yep. Sounds a lot like Tyreek Hill. And he ends up getting A.J. Brown, does a four-year, $100 million extension with $57 million guaranteed in Philadelphia. Now the Eagles have A.J. Brown opposite Devontae Smith. They need to find out if Jalen Hurts is their quarterback of the future. Give them the weapons. Figure that out. And again, with Kyler Murray picking up Hollywood Brown on top of all those rookie receivers. Once again, the value on these players and GMs having to make difficult decisions. Do you pay somebody or do you do what the Chiefs did and say, we'll take all the picks and we'll all of a sudden go from last to first in salary cap space in the league? And really quickly on, on the Eagles deal, you look at what the Titans did. This is exactly what the Minnesota Vikings did a couple years ago when they didn't think they were going to pay Stephon Diggs. They traded him and then they end up drafting Traylon Burks and saying, okay, well, we're going to get our guy, so instead of paying A.J. Brown $100 million, we're going to use that very pick, and we're going to get a player in Traylon Burks and address the wide receiver spot. For the Vikings that year, it was Justin Jefferson. Let's see if the Titans can only be so lucky. Okay, we'll go back to you. It was an awesome, awesome Thursday night, and we're just getting started. Thank you, Peter and Tom Pellicero. Peter's at the point where he's about to lose his voice, Kyle. I know. It's about That's where to I like happen, him. And I'm so here for it. It's exactly <laughs> where we like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much action. What stood out to you, KB? I mean, there was all this conversation about could the draft live up to the Vegas atmosphere? I don't know if Vegas can live up to that draft. That thing came in hot. Oh, let's, let's just lay out the facts, all right? Nine first-round trades is the most ever. First five picks for defensive players. It hasn't happened in 30 years. And of all the names we were talking about this morning, I did not think the name we'd be starting the show with is Jim Druckenmiller. Jim Druckenmiller was 1997, the 26th pick to the Niners from Virginia Tech. That is the last time we waited that long wow. for a quarterback to get drafted. 1997. Where are the quarterbacks? Malik. I thought he had this crazy arm and this unbelievable upside and he was going to go at two or certainly maybe at six and what about the David Tepper the owner of the Panthers is from Pitt and he was going to take Kenny Pickett at six and they it didn't happen they fell one quarterback I never thought we'd be that way when Jim Druckenmiller was drafted the running backs would have 35 carries a game it's a different sport and until we saw Franco Harris up there representing the Steelers no quarterbacks and then it was the one you maybe didn't think was going, the one who did practice next to the Steelers. It was surreal watching just defensive end, defensive end, tackle, tackle. Pickett is sitting there. Malik is sitting there in, in Vegas. There were a handful of guys, I think it was five guys in the draft room last night who went home without a team, including Malik Willis, who was the universal top-end, high-end talent, going as high as two. No, he won't go any higher than 33. This will be the draft we remember as the non-quarterback draft. Mm -hmm. And everybody's already on the clock for 2023. There are about 12 teams who think they have a shot at about five quarterbacks next year. So get ready, guys. Unbelievable night. It was an unbelievable night. And you talked about the quarterbacks. It was amazing because we had so much hype. Right, Malik Willis, the upside. Well, he could go as high as six and all that stuff. But then you also look at the draft and you look at a school like Georgia. They had five first-round guys. That's a new record for first-round draft picks mm-hmm. in the NFL right there. I mean, there's so much, but the, it was the trades to me that really stole the night. It was nine trades during the draft, but 11, so uh, 11 <laughs> trades happened of before the even draft began, right? Mm-hmm. People were changing positions. So many different things going on. And it just was so interesting to watch how people were maneuvering, getting up. And, and then also also the defensive value, right, that, that they have at the top of this draft. With the five first picks being all defense, there's a premium right now. Pass rushers and guys that can go out and corners. cover yeah. at corner. And the weird part, everyone's offensive line pass rush, the corners went off the board quick they did. Mm-hmm. They did. at the top. Shrags, what do you got? What did you think? What stood out? 
I think it actually got really interesting at number eight when the Atlanta Falcons are up there and you're thinking pass rush, wide receiver, they could draft anybody. They take Drake London at eight. And then you saw everyone's chair across the league in 31 other franchises light up because, okay, here comes the wide receiver run. Here it comes. And it came one by one by one. We said it yesterday. I thought there might be five taken in the first 15. There were four taken in the first 12. And then Dotson, Jahan Dotson goes to Washington at 16 and the Titans pounce and they get Burks right after that. We saw six wide receivers taken in the top 20. And there was that was the buzz that if you're not going to pay these wide receivers, huge hundred million dollar contractors, there's a great wide receivers class. So why not get one of them at the value now in the draft? I thought where they ended up was interesting. Drake London goes to go play with Kyle Pitts. Those are two beasts. Pitts is 6'6", London 6'4". That is something. That's identity. Garrett Wilson goes with Zach Wilson. You got that Wilson to Wilson connection. Garrett Wilson, the most complete wide receiver. This is cool. And I like the fits. It's like neat to see. Olave. Now he goes with his old Ohio State guy. We got Michael Thomas and Olave of Thomas. Big hands. Possession receiver. Olave. A burner. Can go deep. Has a 4-3-40. Cool mix there. Jamison Williams. And then I love that Dotson and Burks went too. Yesterday I said, I think we can get seven. I think. Six is the record. We got six and it was in the first 18. The run occurred. It was what everyone said. And it was the Falcons who started us off. This might be remembered as one of the great wide receiver drafts. Or at the mm -hmm. very least, oh, yeah. one where everyone went all in on getting those wide outs for the future. Not everybody, Peter. <laughs> not the Chiefs, not the Packers. We'll get to that. But with the way the draft laid out, we'll dig in to those two squads. Peter, you are in Vegas. You haven't been here. You haven't felt what it feels like to be in New York the day after the first round of the draft. And let me tell you, I walk into work, you know, our amazing security staff that works overnight here in our building. Big Giants fans. I walk in and I go, you gotta be happy because that was an old school Giants draft. That must have made you feel like we did the right stuff. They're all excited. Even Jets fans excited this morning. So let's talk about those big swings that were made because they were some exciting players and excited fans now. They get the uh, electric pass rusher in Thibodeau, the Giants do, and a dominant versatile alignment in Evan Neal. These are surefire picks, in my opinion, and good foundational pieces. You look at the Giants, old school, this is this is like old school Giants over the moon right now. Two foundational pieces, let's move it in the right direction, uh, in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Then the Jets, a lot of fans, after that four pick, panicking, right? Where's the pass rusher? Go get that pass rusher. Didn't happen. Uh, I didn't love the corner there. I'm just saying my opinion on that, but uh, I do like how it played out. They traded back up in the first round. They grabbed Jermaine Johnson at 26, and that's somebody we were all seeing top 12, top 15, top 10, so I love that. Shrakes mentioned Garrett Wilson on his way to New York, a marketable kid, a confident guy who's going to uh, be the number one for Zach Wilson, who was your number two overall pick last year, of course, and then they got an exciting corner in Sauce Gardner who'll make a name for himself here, too, so the Jets definitely got a lot better last night. Both teams here did, and I thought that was really exciting as they had four of the first ten picks. Can you pick it? All right, this is what happened last night. We're unpacking it all show long. Kenny Pickett staying in Pittsburgh. He's now officially a Steeler. He was the only quarterback drafted on night one. That's right, there's just one quarterback off the board so far. Malik Willis still available. Ritter, Corral, all of them might go today on NFL Network. Caleb Burton, welcome to the show. What's the latest in Pittsburgh? 
All top quarterbacks available at Steelers pick number 20, and they turn to pick quarterback Kenny Pickett, who head coach Mike Tomlin and general manager Kevin Colbert said was a top choice of theirs all along. Colbert said he was super, super excited to draft him and never thought that he would make it to 20. Now, when asked about the quarterback competition between Mason Rudolph, Mitchell Trubisky, and now Kenny Pickett, Mike Tomlin said all three are good options, and each one has an opportunity to compete. When searching and looking and doing all their homework on these quarterbacks ahead of the draft, as Mike Tomlin put it, we circled the globe and turned to the guy next door. Excellent work, Kayla. A storybook night for Kenny Pickett and his family there in Pittsburgh. Of course, lots of fans excited. I'm surprised, Matt, that it wasn't Malik Willis, who will have a chance to sit and develop behind a guy like Mitchell Trubisky. What did you make of Kenny Pickett? You wore the glove yesterday. I we saw the, the highlights in the rain. Do you like it? So apropos, right? We, we talked about him yesterday, but we've said, and I've said from day one, this is the most NFL-ready quarterback coming out of the draft. They're obviously familiar with him. He plays in their backyard, but at the same time, his accuracy, his ball placement, his skill set fits that NFL mold. And in the addition to that, he doesn't get enough credit for his ability to make plays outside the pocket. Again, it's ball placement. So he will translate well to the NFL, especially the system that he ran at Pittsburgh. And it won't be that steep learning curve that you might have with some of these other guys that ran different types of systems. So I'm excited for Pittsburgh, and he's going to a team that is not in a complete rebuild whatsoever, right? He's going into a team that has a good defense side of the ball. They have the good areas of the offensive side of the ball. So all, all mm. along, Kenny Pickett was the right choice here. Yeah, I mean, maybe I, I'm always fascinated just by the Steelers and what they do and how they handle themselves because right. I have a great respect for them. After Terry Bradshaw retired, they waited 21 years to draft a quarterback in the wow. first round. Mm. That's that's Ben Roethlisberger. Now that Ben Roethlisberger's retired, they waited one year. They got right to it. They're not out there. They're not vulnerable very much. Pittsburgh, you don't change the coaches. You don't change the quarterback. It's a vulnerable pick. Like This needs to work for them. This is not like... When they took Mason Rudolph fairly early in the draft, and Ben was still there, and if Rudolph doesn't work out, as maybe he hasn't, you got Ben. This needs to work. And the Trubisky thing is really interesting, too, because, mm -hmm. you know, Bears fans were chatting a lot yesterday that the Mitch Trubisky got Mike Glennon, meaning the oh. Bears had brought in Mike Glennon to be their presumptive starter, as the Steelers have with Trubisky, and then what do you know, they take a first-round quarterback in Trubisky, or in this case, Pickett. There's already a discussion about when is Pickett going to start, when is Trubisky going to sit. Is it definitely Trubisky to start the season? But more importantly, we have seen decades and decades of Pittsburgh just marching out their quarterback and probably winning the whatever AFC game they're playing. We don't know if Kenny Pickett's good. They put themselves out there a little bit with a first-round quarterback who is not a superstar, and uh, if this doesn't work out, it's three or four years of struggling. You don't see that from Pittsburgh. So it's a little bit of a risk for a team that's usually pretty solid. And the consensus is that if they did take Malik Willis, which was a lot of people thought, felt that they might, he'd it probably would be Trubisky, that he, you'd mm, want right. Willis to sit and develop, but you have game-ready, yeah. a little bit more game-ready and polished Kenny Pickett. He's ready to get in there early and do some damage if Trubisky isn't that guy. Shregs, your thoughts? We can say what we want about the Steelers' side of this. For any quarterback that was drafted by them, no better position than Pittsburgh. I'm so happy for him. No, it's terrific, and and it's a great line that they traveled the globe on draft day. They did pro day visits with Ritter, with Malik Willis, and they found their quarterback in their backyard. Now, listen, honestly, what the practice facility is there is the Steelers practice on one field and right there in the same same facility on the next field are the Pittsburgh Panthers. I work with Dave Wanstatt uh, over at Fox and Wanstatt was the coach of Pitt. He's like, I got to know the Steelers players and coaches as well as I did my own staff because you're in the same building, same parking lot. You're just So they saw Pickett every day. 
They watched Pickett. Tomlin didn't need to go on some tour to go see it. They knew what Pickett was, and I think it's a pretty cool symmetry with what happened in Baltimore a few years back. Ozzie Newsom, in his last pick as general manager, the 32nd pick was like, I'm going to go quarterback. I'm going to go Lamar Jackson and kind of set the stage for our next GM and our next team with what their quarterback is going to be. It was Lamar. Kevin Colbert and what's expected to be his last draft, he gets Kenny Pickett, and whoever the next GM is, it's not inheriting a quarterback he didn't want. He's getting a quarterback there in Kenny Pickett that he can work with. Trubisky, two-year deal. I still think Mitchell's going to fight for that job, and Mitchell might be the week one starter. But gosh, Kenny Pickett was not drafted in a first round, loaded with offensive talent on wide receiver and in the interior offensive line, and loaded on defensive player talent. They wasn't taking 20th overall to just pick him. They're going to take him there to compete. Mm. And I actually love the fit for Pickett. There's no better football team, organization, consistency, and stability-wise than the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're talking about the <laughs> symmetry between the Steelers and the Pitt Panthers, but you had gone off for weeks, Peter, about the symmetry between the Panthers' owner, David Tepper, yeah. and Pickett. What did you think of, of the Panthers just breezing right by at six and ended up not taking him? Because I think you had a feeling they were going to. Yeah, hey, when Iki Aquanu's still on the board at six, that's right. it. So yesterday in my mock draft, I had them going offensive tackle. I said that they're going to take a tackle over Pickett. I thought Pickett would slide. I only had two quarterbacks going yesterday when I was talking about this, 20 yeah. and 32. I got the quarterback wrong. thought it would be Willis, but I had the team. Pittsburgh was the spot all along, and if Pittsburgh was going to be on the board with one of those guys, I think they were going to take quarterback, but Carolina, they get a local product and the number one offensive tackle in this draft. They weren't passing on that for a quarterback that they weren't 100% sold on. Excellent stuff from Peter Moore from him from Vegas. Tom Pelissero there. We've got all the reporters in all the cities, your home teams, and what happens today? Rounds two and three, it all gets very exciting, and we did see the trades. They went down in the middle of the draft last night for wide receivers. We'll discuss more after this. Packers Chiefs, Packers Chiefs. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Lots of trades. Six wide receivers go in the first round. Just one quarterback. One round down, six to go. The 2022 NFL Draft presented by Verizon just getting started. We're not in Vegas. We're here in New York. But we reporters not only in Vegas and all of our insiders, Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero, Peter Schrager, we've got reporters everywhere it counts. Getting you set for today's action and breaking down every pick that happened just yesterday. Let's go. Two hours of a four-hour show here leading into more draft coverage ahead of that second round. Plenty of intrigue heading into last night. The one mystery we all wanted an answer to, would the Packers use one of their two first-round picks on a wide receiver? For this guy, a four-time NBA. Aaron Rodgers was hanging out with Pat McAfee last night. Sure enough, they did not. They did not. They went defense and defense. They doubled down. So Stacey Dale is joining us now with all details on Green Bay's round one. 
In typical fashion, the Packers drafting two relatively under-the-radar players in the first round at 22 and 28 out of that fantastic Georgia defense. Linebacker Quay Walker, defensive tackle Devontae Wyatt in a season where clearly the Packers needed help and need help at wide receiver. So the question begged, did Brian Gutekunst, the general manager and company, consider moving up in the first round for a receiver? He admitted to us, yes, actually a couple of them, and then the receiver run happened and the price simply too high. And then Quay Walker was still there right around 20. And frankly, Gutekun said he was surprised. He was the best player available at value on their board. That's the guy they wanted. So they got him. In addition to Wyatt, what are they getting? Gutekun said speed and explosiveness off the charts. And certainly the ability to wreak havoc in both the run game and the pass game. And as the Packers now enter day two, three picks total. Gutekun once again referencing a lot of depth at wide receiver, understanding there's still a lot of talent out there to be had. There certainly is. There's town that currently plays in the NFL, too, that I'm sure they are looking at and dealing with as we saw some of those moves made yesterday. Stacey Dales, you're amazing. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon throughout the day here on NFL Network. Six wide receivers taken last night. All in the top 18 picks. There was a run on them, of course. So, as I said, and what I wanted, them to trade up to get a guy if they fell in love with him. It clearly didn't lay out that way once the the first round played out. So they didn't, and they went defense. Aaron Rodgers, watching all of this go down, very cool that he was on the Pat McAfee show while doing that. It was late last night. Green Bay had already selected those two defensive players, and here is his reaction. Whoever we bring in tomorrow and the rest of this draft, you know, I'm going to put in the time to make it work with those guys, and, and we're going to find a way in Matt's offense to, uh, to be successful like we always have, and it's not going to be any different this year, and we're going to be in the mix, and obviously our defense is going to be really good. And defense wins championships, as David Bakhtiari tweeted out earlier. Yes, sir. And offensively, you know, we didn't do our part last year in the playoffs, and, and we got to live with that and find a way to, uh, to get it done next year when, that, when we're in that position. Two incredibly talented players on defense that they add from a national championship winning Georgia team. Kyle, what do you make of the Packers not finding a way to get a wide receiver yesterday? A little bit of context first. We've talked about this many times. I personally have really strong feelings about it. And here is uh, just one of several times this has come up at the table from earlier this week. I'm starting to think that not only will they not trade up to get a wide receiver, that they may not draft one with either of the first two picks because it's not what they do. And maybe you break the mold and maybe you win an NFC title game one of these years. I don't think they're going to draft one. I just don't think they do it. Even I didn't really believe it. Pretty accurate. I was trying. I, 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 I was trying to talk my way into yourself. it. I don't remember much after the 28th pick last night. As soon as I heard Roger Goodell with the 28th pick, the Green Bay Packers select Devontae Wyatt, the next thing I remember was my wife patting me on the face and giving me why I fainted. I hit the ground, and now I'm just trying to breathe. The new definition of insanity is not doing the same thing, expecting different results. It is the Packers drafts. Just come with me, if you will, to January of 2023. Mm -hmm. We've taken this journey before. It's a beautiful Lambeau field, or maybe they're on the road, and the the Packers, as usual, have won 13 games, and they're going against the Rams, or they're going against the Niners again, or they're going against the Bucks, and it's a close game, and they need a play, and they're down three, and Rodgers is doing all they can do, and they gotta have somebody make a catch, or uh, move the chains. Both of their first round picks are standing Standing on the sideline watching him, good luck. It's an unbelievably frustrating thing for me because you got two years left of this guy. You had two picks. And I see somebody like the Arizona Cardinals, as Peter mentioned earlier in the show, had a plan. We gonna we have to go get one of these ride receivers. We're gonna bring somebody in that Kyler loves and we're gonna go win a championship. Why are the Arizona Cardinals doing more for Kyler Murray 
than the Packers are doing for a four-time MVP. And I'm sure they'll come out and say, we'll get a second round, guys. We always have. All right, and maybe Romeo Dubs will turn into Devontae Adams, and maybe not. It's just we've been at this year after year, and they never get to the Super Bowl. Never. Never. Including, like, Full meltdowns in the playoffs. Wouldn't you say, Devontae's gone, a lot of receivers, two picks, let's get one. And they just won't do it. And I, I feel like it is just sticking to the mold and we're the Packers and we're title town. What title? The title of the weirdest first round drafters ever? I'm just trying to breathe at this point. I, I, I take this very personally. I, I, I can almost not get through it. Kay Adams, please speak, because I'm trying to breathe. I know, the, the veins, it's all happening. I got it. It's the bag. It's the bag. Uh, it's getting it. It's getting bad. Does it give you any? I mean, this might. We have to just be. This might be one of the best defenses we've seen out of this yeah. team in a long time. Right. Does mm-hmm. it give you any comfort that Aaron responded the way that he did? He seems yeah. very woosa, woo woo about it. We'll figure it out. And he is making me not panic yet. I understand what you're saying. He also he acknowledged to the fan base they were probably hoping for a wide receiver. He says the defense won championships things, which I don't even know if that's true anymore. Like people want to point out, well, Donald Driver and all that. guys. The game has changed. Are you watching what happens? Like it's all about receivers and offense and quarterbacks. Don't it's, you think? Right. Don't you think they're up to something? Like them doing this. I hope. Be. Them doing this is so wild to not go up and get that guy. I'll say this: I like that they didn't reach. I think the way it all went, they saw what was in front of them, and any of those wide receivers, the way they value them, would have been a reach. So now they've got some assets in the second round. There's some good guys that are available still. And there are some guys that we've talked about here on the show. Christian Watson, I like. He's big in athletics. Sky Moore, a great route runner, too. Both those guys should be very good. There's a lot of talent there, and we've seen good second-round receivers. I'll say that. And then there's Debo. That's not resolved yet, Kyle. Mm -hmm. You have DK Metcalf. He might be up there for grabs. Darren Waller, let's go. Go make something. You know, I I felt like it was a bit not what I thought I'd get from Aaron Rodgers. I thought I'd get, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. And it wasn't that, so I think there was a little like twinkle mm-hmm. in his eye that something's the other point of this out. could be okay so they lose Devonte adams right yeah it's a pretty big deal do you think that if they if they go up in this year's draft and grab any of those guys that we just saw whether it's garrett wilson chris olave do you think that that's the difference maker that right there is going to put this team in the super bowl compared to the team that they Great had question. last year Great question. That's a good point, man. Right? I, I think that it, it really comes down to they're looking at it and going, we've got best available right here. Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt will come in, stabilize the defense because they struggled on defense down the road. They had some injuries last year. If they're better on the defensive side of the ball, they still need to get help at the wide receiver position. They bring, bring in Sammy Watkins, who he's a veteran wide receiver. He's not Devontae Adams. And they'll get means. someone today. And they'll get somebody today. And they and have a they history. Will. I would love it if they if they bring in DK or Debo. And I'll go nuts and I'll say, awesome. That's the other thing that's not in the Packers mold. They don't do that. They don't get this giant free agent or make this massive trade they don't do that either so i don't know peter you got to get in here good i'm with you kyle and it's because this is a chess match and this is a chess match that you knew all the pieces being organized ahead of time if you watch our show and if you follow the nfl draft and you speak to other gms and coaches there were four a plus blue chip wide receivers in this draft i think the packers are a uh, wide receiver was their number one need so yes you do make one of those moves and you do sacrifice it and to, to matt's question i think it puts you in a lot better position if you have chris Olave there now with Sammy Watkins. And right now, I mean, Sky Moore is a nice product. He was a one-star recruit. Christian Watson is the North Dakota State guy who hasn't had a ton of experience. Like, these could be, but Olave and Wilson and Jamison Williams and Drake London, they were big five, power five guys who everyone knew was going in the top 15. The Saints felt the need to go and trade up to go get Chris Olave because they think they're a wide receiver away. Let's go get a great wide receiver. The Ravens traded back, but guess what? They don't play the football that way. The Ravens don't rely on their number one wide receiver. 
receiver. And in recent years, they have taken receivers in the first round. So I look at what Arizona did and they're like, all right, we can't get up there, but let's get something. They get Marquise Brown and you could roll your eyes and say, well, Marquise Brown has been, okay, well, they made a move. They did something. Wyatt and Quay are going to be great. Quay is one of the best linebackers in this draft. He went before Devin Lloyd. Like, it's almost apples to oranges. The fact is, everyone knew that if they wanted to get one of these wide receivers, they had to make a move and they did what they did and they sat on their hands. And maybe I'll regret this when they win the Super Bowl and Quay Walker makes 20 tackles and, and it's an intercepted in return for Devontae Wyatt from the defensive tackle spot. I just think Chris Olave this morning would be a lot better feeling than both of those guys. And I would have traded both picks to go up there and get a wide receiver. We are back doing an easel segment here on the streets of New York. We're still struggling with the name. We thought maybe Pop Goes the Easel. Why, Matt? Pop Goes the Easel, Goes the Easel, Goes Pop! That's it! New York, this is Matt Castle, California kid. Here's the deal. We are out on the streets where the over-under and the amount of degrees Fahrenheit is six. Yeah, yeah, it feels like it is like Antarctica out here. Here's what we're going to do. We have a bunch of scenarios on this giant easel. We're going to tear one off and decide we want to go over the number that's on it or under. It's all kinds of fun. You should play along at home. All right, Matt, first one. Over and under. Yeah, quarterbacks taken on day two, over under 2.5. Oh, 100%. We've got the over on this one. We've got Malik Willis. We've got Desmond Ritter. Yeah. And I'm going to go with Matt Corral as well going in the second round today. I'm definitely going three. How about you? You got it? I think you crushed this over because day two, the question is, it's the second round tonight and right. the third round. There's 64 Yeah, there's picks. a lot of picks. That's and I feel like, you know, for these GMs, it's always so nerve-wracking to take that first-round quarterback. But to take a third-rounder, there's a little bit of insurance in that thing. It's still, it kind of feels like paying with a gift card. I'm going over. What's next? Okay, here we go. The next one is the over and under is three and a half on whether or not Kenny Pickett first start is is like, you know, week 3.5. What do you think it's going to be? Over. All right, I'm going to go over on this too. Over you got Mitch there. Trubisky sitting there. He's been seasoned and marinating on that and that Buffalo Bills bench. And I also think that Pittsburgh is, is they'll come in with a plan. Mitch is our starter. Kenny's gonna, Mike Tomlin's going to be very serious about it. He'll have some sort of cool quote. I think 3.5 is really early unless Trubisky's terrible and Pickett's setting the world on fire. What do you think? I'm 100% in agreement Are with you? you. I am. I really am in agreement with you. I don't think he will be day one starter. I think that's why Mitch Trubisky is there. He's a proven vet. And if anything goes wrong early in the season for Pittsburgh, he could be in there. But I, I don't think it's before game four. Uh, wide receivers added to Green Bay before week one. Let's talk about it this way, Matt. We have it at .5. Never mind the next six rounds of the draft. We don't Do care you about think that. that they add anybody crazy like DK or Debo, or maybe they even sign like a Jarvis Landry type, like someone who is out there, .5, anybody? Yes, I think that they do sign a veteran wide receiver. I love the Jarvis Landry call right now. Do you? Now because I think Debo Samuel and also DK Metcalf, it's going to take a lot. And they already wasted their – I mean, they didn't waste. Excuse me. I, I, I take Hey, you know what? They Dr. Freud used their two first-round draft picks, so they're not going to be able to use that as draft capital and trade for one of these guys. So it's, it's one of those situations that I like a guy that's still out there, Jarvis Landry being one of the guys top of my list. All right, that's all we have the time for today on Pop Goes the Easel. There were plenty of huge prospects that came off the board early last night. Which team made the biggest pick in round one, Kibi? This is a team that I think is to be reckoned with every time on draft night, who they handle their business, and it's the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens. You got to watch out for these guys. They, they, they do not mess up often. And last night, they got Kyle Hamilton with the 14th pick. 14. Mm -hmm. This is someone regarded as potentially the best player in the entire draft. They moved around a little bit last night, Baltimore. We know what happened with Hollywood Brown. 
they get Kyle Hamilton, who just immediately feels like a Baltimore Raven. You can see him running on that field with the crest. And then they get Tyler Linderbaum, the offensive lineman, the center from Iowa. Just toughness hitting. This is Kyle Hamilton is a Jamar Chase pick. It is a we are going to deal with the Bengals for years with this guy. I just Baltimore. It's in, you're in the varsity. It's, it's, there's five or six teams that you watch them on draft night, and they always handle their business. And I think they did again last night. The guys in purple, great night. I mean, it's the Detroit Lions for me. I mean, the, the Aiden Hutchinson pick, it came to them, right? Let's be honest. I mean, the, the guy's the most complete player in this draft. Yeah. In, in terms of what he's going to be able to do, how he's going to come in and not only change the culture of that team on the field, but also in that locker room, that's what they wanted. And then the, for them to trade back up and get Jamison Williams at that, what was it, 12th pick on the, in the they draft? They did awesome. That Without was having to give up a future first. That's why it's incredible. Right, and, and that, that's the great part about what they did in this draft. They made their team better. Jamison Williams is a speedster. He's a guy that's explosive, and that's what they haven't had at the wide receiver position for a long period of time. So they just got two of the best players at their respective position in the draft, rocking the cap. Way to go, Detroit Lions. Peter, Great fodder for Liev Schreiber, too, Jamison Williams. But I would say the Jets, and it's not what they did up front at 4 or 10, which I love those picks. Mm. It was what they did in the 20s when Jermaine Johnson was still on the board. And it usually when a player's dropping like that and it's like, what I was texting around. It's like, yeah, just we have other needs. And there's nothing negative on Jermaine Johnson. And they actually get a player who I think fits them more than Kayvon Thibodeau. And I know teams, I have teams boards that had Jermaine Johnson above Kayvon Thibodeau. So the Giants took Thibodeau at five. The Jets wait. They trade up. They get their third first round pick. They get Jermaine Johnson. I thought his suit was electric. I thought his postgame quotes were electric. Mm -hmm. And I think that pick was electric. Jets fans should be doing flips. About four and ten. Yeah, we knew we were going to get two players. To get a third blue chip player and a pass rusher that works in Salah's defense so well, I think the Jets fans should be very happy. And that might have been the biggest draft pick of the entire night. Didn't happen until about 11 o'clock Eastern. Big Joe. Mm. At GMFB. With your tweets, guys, you can hang out and play no cap with us uh, online over on Twitter now. Mm -hmm. It happens every year. There's one or two picks that sort of don't line up with what we've been thinking, what we've been talking and stewing over for three hours on a daily football show yep. right here in New York. So which team had the biggest uh, head scratcher in all of round one? Go ahead and grab yours, Matt. I'll just put it on, Matt. This is uh, your alma mater in a sense, the New England Patriots. <laughs> all right, so they, they trade back. Everybody kind of rolls their eyes. You want a strange pick? They literally drafted a guy named Strange. Cole Strange is a New England Patriot drafted in the first round, an offensive lineman from Tennessee Chattanooga, who if you do the research, a lot of people had him mocked in the third and fourth rounds. Uh, there is an amazing video I wish we could show you in which Sean McVay and Les Snead are doing a media session, talking to the media, and they're kind of watching the, the draft as it goes live, and they freak out that Cole Strange got drafted in the first round. They're saying, we were looking at his tape to maybe get him several rounds from now. This is the kind of pick that if it were one of 31 other teams, everyone would be annihilating it and saying, what the hell are you doing? Belichick liked Cole Strange with a first round pick, a guy who worships draft picks, Belichick. Cole Strange, Tennessee, Chattanooga, very strange. For me, it's just the nature of the picks that mm -hmm. they went with, and, and it, I went with the green. I mean, we've been talking about a lot yeah. this morning. I like Quay, um, Quay Walker. I like Devontae Wyatt. All the assumption was that they were going to move up to get a number one wide receiver, and they weren't able to do so. Yeah. It just was a little strange to not see them be more aggressive at that position considering the need that they have right now. It's well said. The head scratcher with the Titans, every angle I take in thinking I'm missing something, right? We have to be missing something. 
Because, like I was talking about the Lions and they've got time, they're rebuilding. That's not the Titans. The Titans are the number one seed, the reigning number one seed from last year. This is a team that is so close. So to sacrifice a known commodity like A.J. Brown, and I'm not saying, I mean, Traylon is a guy I talked about a lot. I think mm. he could be really great uh, out of Arkansas. Unknown commodity on an NFL level. You don't really know what you're getting. You know what A.J. Brown is. So to me, just tough to swallow, even if Traylon fits in, and he should. He's an excellent player, an excellent choice. With them being so close to the Super Bowl, so close to getting there, real big sacrifice and real tough pill to swallow. And Peter, a real head-scratcher to me. I don't know. Something yeah, else is going on. I think it's a financial financial decision yeah. there on that one, and they decided to rip the Band-Aid off. You know, the Vikings did this a couple years ago when they traded Stephon Diggs, and everyone was upset, and then they got Justin Jefferson, who went up to be actually as good, if not a better wide receiver than Diggs. And the, the crazy thing is, Daniel Jeremiah was talking yesterday about Traylon Burks before he got drafted and said the comp is A.J. Brown. And that's what's so hilarious about the mm. thing. Like, they hope that Traylon Burks can be what they already had, but they're paying him $5 million next year as opposed to maybe $20 million that he's going to make with the Eagles. Uh, my head scratcher... I you know, I look at this entire thing. The Cowboys were an interesting one. And I like Tyler Smith. We had him on our show. This was a 21-year-old player who came out as a redshirt sophomore. And he is young and he is going to be developed. And he could end up being one of the best offensive linemen in this draft. But he also was the most penalized player in Division One mm-hmm. football last mm-hmm. year. Yes, the most pen- And the Cowboys are the most <laughs> penalized team in the NFL. I thought that was an interesting match for them. They had Linderbaum on their board. There could have been a way to move up and maybe get Zion Johnson or Kenyon Green, who went early. To the Cowboys to sit pretty, not make a crazy trade, and take the most penalized player when it, they're the team that always had the most yellow flags. I find it to be um, not head scratching so much, but uh, I don't know, kind of cute. Kyle is on his way to Vegas, so let's talk round two from Vegas with Peter Schrager, Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissero. For all of us here at Good Morning Football, ESPN 2, goodbye, but we are here live at the top of the hour. Switch over to NFL Network, hang out with go, us. Go, 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 simple. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Mike Giardi joining us. He is with the Jets. And Mike, so let's start with you here uh, and New York. Jets and Giants making four picks in the top ten. The Jets had two of those. They ended up making three, though, last night. Yeah, Joe Douglas was thrilled. He talked to us after the draft last night. The ability, he said, to get three of the top eight players on their board was something they couldn't pass up. They started thinking about Jermaine Johnson when he was sliding. And in the mid-15s, they started making phone calls. Robert Sala said, I'm toweling off my head. I'm getting sweaty. I'm nervous that we're not going to be able to make this pick. And then they were able to pull that deal off, and he's the perfect fit for how they play defense, for how Salah wants to play defense, that wide nine technique, racing off the edge. They feel like he is the most pro-ready pass rusher of the entire group coming into this draft. 
But oh, by the way, he's also damn good as a run defender. And then I'll give you this one. I got a text this morning from a Jet official who said Zach Wilson is already bothering Garrett Wilson about throwing. And they just love what Zach has been able to accomplish this offseason, connecting with his teammates, investing in his teammates, traveling to Tampa, traveling to Arizona to throw with these guys. And now Garrett Wilson comes in, someone that they believe has a chance to impact them right away. And really, that was Joe Douglas's point all along. He wanted impact players in the first round. He figured he'd get two instead he gets three and I, I obviously have to mention sauce Gardner the excitement when they called sauce Joe Douglas yelling swaggy sauce in the phone to sauce Gardner and Robert Sala telling him you were the guy all along they feel like he gives them ability defensively to do even more things than they do already under Sala and lock up on the outside they play more man than you think with the Jets now let's go to my boy Jimmy palm trees in Philadelphia James <laughs> Well, thank you, Mike. I think everybody on this show is well aware of how sports talk radio works in my hometown of Philadelphia. It is exploding this morning. They love the pick of Jordan Davis, but obviously it's the massive trade to acquire one of the best receivers in all of football in Titans veteran receiver A.J. Brown. Now, I joked with Howie Roseman late after the draft that he said Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown have a friendship that is very deep, goes back a long way, and he told me that Hurts has always kind of been whispering in his ear the last couple of years going, hey, maybe you can get A.J. Brown here. Well, it ends up happening. Now, this is something Philly thought they had a chance for a little while, but it really came together during the draft. It had nothing to do with the wide receivers that were getting picked ahead and picked ahead of them. It was contingent upon getting this extension done. And Howie Roseman, good thing he was wearing sneakers. We had a laugh about that because he was running all over the building trying to get this $100 million contract done in the picks that were leading into the pick that they were trading where the Titans would select at pick number 18. It finished at about pick 15, so they were very tight on time. They think A.J. Brown is a great complimentary to Devontae Smith on the outside. And then to Jordan Davis, the defensive lineman, the athletic freak, the size, the monster. They believe he was a top 10 player on their board, and they're going to put him all over that defensive line, okay? They're not going to have him just play in the middle. They believe, and this is the best part, Nick Sirianni says A.J. Brown and Jordan Davis, they're going to be the first two guys coming off the bus for us when we have a road game because they are two physical specimens they picked up on day one. Eagles fans, very excited. <laughs> Thank you, uh, James Palmer and Mike Giardi. Excellent work covering the Jet side of things. Uh, sounds like Jets fans lost in the sauce a little bit. Very excited mm. about what's going on. Giardi was a New England guy, covered you up in New England for so many years. You like the Jets too? They won the draft? Oh, they won the draft. We talked about this week how there was a lot of pressure on Joe Douglas to go out and nail this draft, and he did just that, right? They they just said it. Three out of the top eight players on their board, they got. You start with Sauce Gardner at number four. He is a pure shutdown corner. They were 30th overall against the pass last year, and in that division, right, in the AFC East with Buffalo, with Miami and the people that they picked up. They needed a guy like that. Then you go to number 10, Garrett Wilson. He plays in the slot. He plays outside. He's got instincts. He's got toughness. And you add him with Zach Wilson and another good group of wide receivers, Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios, Elijah Moore. That's a huge pick, and it's a huge lift to help their young quarterback. And finally, for them to go back up in the first round at 26, get Jermaine Johnson mm -hmm. the second from Florida State, who on a lot of people had as a top 10 pick potentially, and to get another guy to come off the edge they were 27th in sacks last year. That's going to increase this year. And so they had a tremendous draft. They filled holes. They filled needs. It was an outstanding draft by the Jets. Something that Kay and Peter and I talk all the time is that in our entire history as the Good Morning Football Show, New York football has sucked. It really has. And it, it, just objectively, the Giants and the Jets have been really pretty abysmal since we've come together in New York to talk about football. So it's really fun today. This is a great day for us. Never mind the Jets and Giants. It's a great day for the show because the, everything 
thing you said about the Jets, Matt, was dead on. And I love what the Giants did. I love what the Giants did. If you were to tell me yesterday, you get Thibodeau and Neal, yes and yes, the double yes. Now, the quarterback situation I've gotten into a lot. Maybe they'll handle that tonight. We'll get to that. But this dude... Just a quick word about Kayvon Thibodeau. Not only I don't think he's problematic or concerned, I think he's the man. I love him. And this idea that, well, he talks about NFTs and crypto. Get used to it. That's, every, every one of these kids is going to be doing this. A lot of these kids that are going to be drafted over the next several years are going to come in as millionaires because of NILs. Understand that. The, day, the game's changing. I, it's almost going to be concerning when they're not talking about that stuff because they're not handling their business. Ah. So I couldn't give a crap about that. And then Evan Neal, just this big old 500-pound tackle to put in front of whoever the quarterback is. Uh, it's so fun to say the Jets are amazing. And they're normally like, yeah, but what about the Jets? No, the Giants were amazing too. Hey. I see five players coming just down the street from this table, and it makes me want to crack a beer. What's your so? Mm. I, I, huh? I want to fall in love. I'm a little overclumped about it because I'm <laughs> nervous, Peter, because I can't think of a single moment. We, we show clips of Daniel Jones from 2019 mm-hmm. when we're looking for a single something to hold on to where a, a run by Saquon Barkley and then he disappears the rest of the year due to injury. I want to hold on to something and... and Odell on a boat. That. That's what yeah. we were talking Ooh. about. In the Timberlands, that Peter. The first year Come on, yeah. Like to cruise. <laughs> yeah, the Odell on the boat or Daniel Jones tripping against the Eagles or you right. go through yep. the Jets. You know, Ghost Sam Darnold saying he sees ghosts. That's what we've been talking about on our show for the last several years. Years, and now there's some optimism. Another team that we've rolled our eyes and made jokes and done all sorts of things with are the Detroit Lions. They got really, really better as a football team last night. Really better. And I'm talking about two cornerstone pieces. They've got themselves on many boards, the top defensive player in the draft, Aiden Hutchinson, who comes in ready to be an NFL player. He comes in as a professional player. There will be no building of this. There is no project. There is no combine workout warrior stuff. This was the best defensive player in college football last year. He goes about an hour away, and now he ends up with the Detroit Lions, where he already has a fan base rooting for his success. And then this young man, who blew me away in his interviews and blew me away in his ability to be calm and poised after tearing an ACL in the National College Football Playoffs and knowing that I'm still going to be okay. They traded up and they went and got Jamison Williams. I look at a lot of these other teams in the draft, whether it be the Green Bay Packers or the Kansas City Chiefs, who had to get a wide receiver. Mm -hmm. And it was the Lions who moved up from 32 without giving up a first-round pick. They move up 20 spots with a division rival and get maybe the number one wide receiver in this draft when he's finally on the field and healthy. Hutchinson and Jamison Williams, are you serious? The Lions? I love this draft for Detroit. I think Brad Holmes hit a home run in his second draft as the Lions GM. Vegas, baby. So much fun, so much music. Ice Cube, part of the draft festivities. He's performing tonight. What up, Caesars Palace? Man, exciting stuff. we got Marshmallow performing as well. You're a big Marshmallow guy. Huge Marshmallow guy. That's what I figured. Like on my schmores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah, thank oh you. boy. So we are hours away from night two of the NFL draft, hoping to see Kyle make the 89th overall pick for those Bills. Uh, Shregs, we're looking ahead at those second and third rounds. What are you expecting to see tonight? Tonight's got a really interesting vibe to it because Malik Willis, one of the star quarterbacks in this draft, mm-hmm. is still on mm-hmm. the board. But you also have all the running backs, including Brees Hall, who I think is going to start day mm-hmm. one for a team. And then a lot of top talent, like N'Kobe Dean, who fell out of the first round. So I think that's going to be interesting. I would also add that there are some cool festivities going on. A lot of ex-players are going to be making picks in addition to Kyle Brandt making a pick for the Buffalo Bills. But I'm excited. I'm a part of the broadcast. Chris Rose and I are going to
going to be on one of the tables. On the other table, you're going to get Daniel Jeremiah, Charles Davis, Joel Klatt, and Rich Eisen. And then after that, who knows what's going to happen because there have been so many trades already. I think teams are going to be moving mm -hmm. up and down. We're signing off here from Vegas right now for the morning show, but I know that you guys have so much coming on over the next couple of days. And gosh, I am so honored to be representing our show here on the Strip. Great job, Peter. Great job. Great job, man. Awesome work all mm -hmm. week. Pure right. dedication. We'll see you on NFL Network a little bit later today. What do you got? You know, I really am intrigued by what's going to happen at the quarterback position because we talked about them all week long. We said, are they potentially going to be four guys, five guys in the first round? It ends up being one. And with that being said, we still got a lot of quality quarterbacks out there. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens in round two and three and how it goes. Matt Ariza, the San Diego State punter. Oh, you love him. God. You love him. There is chatter that some team might be bold enough to draft a punter in the third round. Yeah. We've seen kickers taken in the first round. This guy is so versatile and such a weapon that if he goes tonight in the end of the third round, I will go ballistic. Matt Ariza, the punt god from San Diego State. That's what I want to say. Hackers, what are you doing at yeah. receiver? What are you doing? Are, are you doing? calling up Shanahan? you calling up Lynch and saying we want Debo? you calling up Schneider and Carroll and saying you're in rebuild mode? Can we get DK off your hands? I'm not sure what the plan is. There's value there in the second round. We'll see. You have assets in the second round. That'll be exciting. My big fear here, Matt, mm -hmm. is that he gets to Vegas. Everything's they, perfect. They trade out? You know, he goes. No, no, not that they trade. That's not going to happen. Do people think you're going to make it? Let's take a look. Oh, look. See? Oh, oh. oh you're power. definitely. That is the power of optimism. That is the power of manifestation. You're almost mm -hmm. at 70%. I'm afraid you're going to get there, change the pick to your guy, Ryza. <laughs> That would be I'm amazing. The Buffalo Bills have made a terrible mistake. <laughs> they hand you the card and you go out there and you moonlight them. What is it? What was that Oscar moment? Oh, uh, spotlight. Yeah, Spot what was, I don't remember. Spot Wasn't that spotlight? Were they answering us it wrong? Anyway, I feel like um, you're going to do that. Don't do that. Stage. Don't I won't go that. rogue. I won't go rogue. I, I will say it's really funny. The very modest uh, accommodations we just talked yes. about, yes. they have tweeted and they said, we got you. Oh, they great. said they're going to get us you. there right. to yes. announce Matt Ariza, the punter for the Everyone's Buffalo Bills. carrying Kyle. <laughs> the winner is La La Land. Here we are. Yes. Was it a moonlight spotlight? What was it? Moonlighting the Rams, with Bruce Willis. The Rams are making a pick, guys. Be excited. Rams have picks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.